Hello and welcome to the latest edition of the ACC Now podcast. I'm Steve Wiseman, the Duke beat writer for the News and Observer. Today's episode is all about Duke football as the Blue Devils are now just uh, less than two weeks away from starting the Mike Elko era as the as the head coach of the Blue Devils. Uh, Duke is, um, is coming into this season, you know, uh, after a couple of rough ones. They, uh, they, they've gone 1-17 in the last 18 ACC games, lost 13 conference games in a row. That's why Mike Elko is now the new coach, and David Cluckliffe and his staff are no longer in Durham. On today's episode, we'll be joined by uh, Coach Elko, talk to us to myself and, and Luke DeCock from our staff. And also later on, we'll be joined by R.J. Oban, a uh, Duke uh, uh, defensive end who has a very interesting background. His father played in the NFL. He's a Super Bowl champion. And he also now works for the NFL as a vice president uh, in the league office. Uh, working for Roger Goodell. So uh, interesting conversations we have for you today, and uh, we hope you'll enjoy them. And along with Luke DeCock here joining us. Uh, we'll please be joined by Mike Elko, Duke's football coach. Mike, how you doing? Your first ACC uh, kickoff event. Doing great. I appreciate you guys having me on. It's great to be here. Yeah. Is it everything you hoped it would be? And more. And more. No, it, it's been good. Obviously, getting out and spreading the message about ACC football and obviously what we're doing specifically at Duke. Uh, it's been a good day. It's been a, been a chance to meet a lot of good people. And you're familiar with the conference, I think, for your time at Wake Forest. But uh, just, you know, what do you think about uh, the way football is in this conference right now? And it's obviously, with all that's going on in the country with conference realignment and media revenue, football is top of mind when it comes to that. So just where do you think ACC football is now working to go? Yeah, you know, it's, it's hard to tell where it is now. I know, you know, from 14 to 16, we were in a really good spot the last time I was in the league. And, uh, you know, I know this, this game is very cyclical. And so I just think you've got a, you've had a tremendous influx of new coaches, new energy into this league. And I think you'll see in the next year or two this, this conference getting back into the national spotlight where they've been for a long time. You went through uh, spring ball with, with the guys, your new team, getting to know them. They're getting to know you. Like I said earlier, they didn't know how to practice on the first day in your yeah. style, right? Um, what did you take out of that, and, and how do you think they're going to look when you get to the fall? Yeah, you know, I think we just we just wanted them to go out there and compete and get better every day. That was the hope in the spring, and you know, we knew we were going to throw a lot at them. We thought we had to uh, in order to kind of lay a foundation schematically so that they can go into the summer and kind of fine tune it. And so it's been a really important summer for us. I think they've really taken to that, uh, put in a lot of work, and so we're hopeful that when we go out for fall camp, we're going to see a product that looks much further along than where we were in the spring. Uh, it seems like you've got um, the foundation of a really good offensive line to kind of build with on that side of the ball. Is that the strength of the team right now? Yeah, I, I think we're, we're, we're happy with how that group is coming together and gelling. Uh, I think they've made some really good gains this summer in the weight room. I think we're going to be even stronger and bigger than we were in spring. And so, you know, that group, we've got four or five starters back, and we were able to add some guys out of the portal that I think will provide a lot of competition. And so we're excited with where that group is. And then on the defensive side, uh, I think Shaka Hayward's linebacker gets pretty good through there, right? Yeah, you know, linebackers have been a good position for us. I think you know Dwayne Carter kind of anchors the inside of our defensive line. Um, you know, I think that group's all, uh, the defense as a whole is just hungry to prove that they're a little bit better, maybe than some people think they are. And so uh, I think they got a chip on their shoulder, and we want to keep it there. Yeah, I mean, stats-wise, defense last year gave up a lot of yards, a lot of points. Yeah. Um, kind of a beaten-down group, frankly. I think it's supposed to the end of the year that we're kind of mentally beaten down. Um, the guys that are back, how have you seen them react to, to learning how to have success again and trying to, try to instill that to them? Yeah, no, I, I think we've kind of re-energized them, you know, and I think there's a fresh hope that 
you know, especially for the older guys, that they can get out of here and kind of change the narrative about who they are, right? Nobody wants to be talked about as the group. They gave up a lot of yards and a lot of points, right? And so I think they're very hungry to change what people think about them and, you know, just kind of their perspective on Duke. I know you said earlier you didn't spend a lot of time or maybe any time watching last year. You wanted to kind of have a fresh start in your yeah. mind, too. Is that kind of what you just said about the defense true for the whole team, too? Like, you have an opportunity here, fresh start, new coach, new systems. Don't worry about that baggage. We can do this ourselves and do it together. Yeah, I think, you know, my first year at Notre Dame, my first year at Texas A&M, we were able to make really big strides really quickly. I think a big piece of that was kind of harnessing the, the fact that the group was you know, hungry to change what people thought, what the narrative was. Um, you know, they've got a very small window to leave their mark on Duke football. And, and for some of them, this is it. This is their last year. And so, you know, we've just tried to instill in them, like, hey, we're going to do this now. We're going to be effective now. We're going to win now. Uh, and I think they've been excited by that energy to say, okay, hey, yeah, we've got another chance to really do something a little bit special to get people talking about us in a different kind of way. One thing talking about college football as a whole, college sports as a whole, is is the importance of college football where people line up in the conferences and like that. With Duke being down the last few years, it might, people might look at Duke as being vulnerable in that situation. How important is that for you? Do you think about that kind of thing that you, know, you guys have to, you know, elevate Duke football back to where it was before to kind of keep it? Yeah, I mean, that conversation. I don't think about it in terms of conference realignment, but I think you know, I think everyone's becoming more aware how important football is on the national scope, right? And I think that was evident in, in me coming here and the support and the resources that our administration committed to us here at, at Duke um, and, and to try to give us the resources to elevate this thing uh, so that we can get back to, to where we were. And so I don't know that necessarily you think about it in terms of conference realignment as a coach, but you do understand the importance of your program and the greater scope of our athletic department. I know you and Steve sat down uh, after you had taken over early in your tenure to talk about some of those, kind of what you'd learned early on at Duke. But now you've had spring practice, you've had months. What have you learned maybe that you didn't expect about Duke, about Durham, about the program, University City? Yeah, probably that there's a little bit more of, there's more support out there maybe than I even thought there might be. Obviously, we knew we had to go out and we had to kind of rally up some energy and kind of create a little bit more of a buzz about what was going on in our football program. And I think as we've done that, um, you know, maybe been a little bit of surprised about how much reach, reach out there's been, how many alumni have tried to get back involved, uh, some of the support in the community. Um, you know, I just, I, I'm encouraged with where we are and where we're going. Have, uh, uh, as far as resources for football, uh, I know everything's a process if you want to get more now, <laughs> but uh, how do you feel about the way that's going along, about the fundraising that's happening for maybe a locker room redevelopment, things yeah. like that going No, I, I, we're in a good spot. I think we're in a good position right now to do all of the things that we want to do. And, and like you said, it's definitely a process, right? We're, we're building towards what we can do and fix immediately and with a vision and an eye on what we need to do long term to make sure that we stay competitive and stay in the position we want to be in. Can't let you go if I ask for the quarterback question. Since you have your new starting quarterback's going to be. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> go into spring ball or fall ball here. Yeah. Just uh, you know, what are your thoughts on Raleigh Leonard and Jordan Moore, two two sophomores that are young in the college career? Yeah, I mean, obviously both of them have flashed at times and shown us that they both have the ability 
to play at the level we need them to, and, and both of them have dipped at times and you know showed us that, that they're not exactly where we need them to be. So what we're hoping for going into camp is just a little bit more consistency um, and try to see who can consistently give us the best chance to move forward and score points and, and be effective on offense. Uh, on that note, kind of how, what kind of handle do you have on your personnel? I know you can get a lot, I mean a lot, out of spring practice. But also getting into August and then getting like, how much are you still waiting to learn, and how, how far along that process do you think you are? Yeah, I mean, I think it's 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 in year one, it's a work in progress, even through the season at times, because um, you know you go into spring ball with really no idea, you come out of spring ball with a little bit of an idea, but you really don't know who might pop out. Uh, different once they get their feet underneath them or know the scheme a little bit better. And so then fall camp always creates some more surprise uh, as you start evaluating guys. And then you don't know really where you are relative to the teams you're going to play. And so then you start playing some teams from outside. And that changes your perspective and scope a little bit too. And so, um, you know, it's, it's a challenging process when you take over year one. And, and really you just got to continually be evaluating, be flexible enough to change and, and adjust on the run as you're going through it. Uh, one global question for you, but whether it's at Amelia Island or here, what's – What's the mix of ACC coaches like now that you're a head coach and kind of in that group? Is it what, what's what's been the, your takeaways from that group? Yeah, you know it's it's interesting. It's a good group for sure. There's probably more defensive guys than than I anticipated. You know, we've got Jeff, we've got Pat, we've got Brent on this side of the division, and so uh, it's probably one of the places where defense outweighs offense in the country. But um, but no, I, I think you got a lot of really smart guys and good football coaches, and you know that's why we're such a competitive league. You guys announced uh, some transfers coming in. Um, we knew they were committed, but they're official now. Yeah. Uh, did you have previous relationship with some of these guys yourself, or was it uh, some of your assistant coaches? How, how did that kind of come? No, I, I think some of them just came out of out of the blue. Um, guys that, that we evaluated and thought were good fits for us. Um, you know, then there were a couple guys that were uh, we had some pre previous relationships. You know, Andre Harris. Uh, had been with Trooper Taylor at Arkansas State, and so that was something. And, um, you know, uh, Speedy Young was with one of our quality control guys at Iowa State, and so that was something. But, um, you know, it, it basically is no different than recruiting. We identified some guys that we thought not only fit us on the field, but also off the field, uh, and went out and tried to add some value. And you need some help in the secondary. Obviously, yeah. we lost a lot of guys, so speedy young, somebody can help out there. Yeah, and, and Darius right? Joyner, we were able to bring in two guys, and I think that helps, you know, bringing in two older guys. And both of those guys have, have started a lot of college football games and played a lot of college football. And so, um, you know, just to add some experience based on all the things that we lost. Yeah. Well, um, will fans see anything different at Wallace Wade this year as far as, um, you know, game day experience? Has that been talked about much with you coming in trying to change up things that way? Yeah, I mean, I think so. I think that's, that's again, ongoing conversations and ongoing process. But we just want to make sure that fans get a first-class experience. We want to make sure that regardless of what happens on the field, when fans come to our stadium and come be part of Duke football, that they experience something that they really want to experience again. And, and whether that's trying to change how we do our tailgating, whether that's making sure that concession stands are run the right way, whether that's making sure that, you know, our ushers are saying the right things and doing the right things. You know, we just want people to be proud of our program and be excited when they come watch and want to come back. All right. New job means new wardrobe. What piece of clothing have you had to buy 
and what's the best piece of sort of Duke swag that you've got? Yeah, so the, the biggest thing is when you transition jobs, if you transition attire companies, you got to redo your whole wardrobe. So that was the, the biggest thing. It's been a long time since I was Nike. And so get myself fully equipped with Nike stuff that didn't say Duke. So if I actually went out, I could wear some stuff and, and not be so easily identified. So that was that was probably the biggest wardrobe purchase. And then, um, you know, I, I think some of the Bleed Blue and, and Grind logos that we've been able to put together and some of those shirts and swag, I think, have been, have been you know, really well taken by the Duke community. I remember asking you back in February, uh, the Durham restaurant scene is known for being strong. At that point, you had a minute in town enough really to have a lot of uh, good, good choices. Now you're out of the hotel finally. You're in your own house. Yeah. So that's good. You know, you're eating home-cooked meals again. But yeah. What have, you, what have you discovered about the, the Duke restaurant? No, we've gotten out to Durham a little bit more and, and, and gotten to see some places and uh, had, had some really good good outings. You know, My wife and I have been able to go out a little bit and enjoy some dinners. Uh, my daughter and I went to a show down at the Deepak. So we were able to do some things, and you know, I just think we we've kind of started to kind of get ourselves into the community, and it's been fun. Which show did you see? Uh, we saw Hamilton at the Deepak. Oh, was it that night too? There Good you go. Show, there you go. <laughs> Absolutely. Good deal. Yeah. Yeah, thank you. Good. We well, appreciate yeah. you guys having me on and look forward to a good season of Duke football and, and you guys being part of it. I'm pleased to be joined uh, for this segment by R.J. Oben uh, from Duke football, Duke defensive lineman, R.J. Oben. Uh, uh, R.J., thanks for being with us. How are you doing today? Doing great. Thanks for having me. Yeah. We're just off a, um, a hot morning of practice. Right. Uh, so lots of hard work here as Mike Elko got, tries to get things going here. How would you... Um, how would you rate the work done in practice so far as the team tries to, you know, put aside the the, the, the lack of success in recent years and have more success this year? I think it's great. Um, I think, you know, the coaches are really lighting a fire under us, um, a fire that, you know, has been a lot uh, hotter than has been lit in the past, obviously, and I think we need it. Um, I think, you know, they've been hard on us, but it's all out of love. It's all out of, you know, trying to push us to get to where we want to get to. And obviously, um, you know, we've shared a lot of the goals with the team. We've all shared with each other. We want to get to the same place. We want to you know, bring Duke football up and, you know, last year wasn't, uh, shouldn't define the program and, you know, we want to take this year to really get to higher places this year and um, I think the coaches are pushing us to do that and we're putting in great work every day. Yeah, because when you were recruited, you came in uh, 2019 was your freshman year, right? Yes, so you were recruited when when Duke was going to bowl games on the regular then. Yeah, yeah, staff, I think right? they made like six in a row um, before yeah. I got their last one against uh, Temple. Mm -hmm. So, so um, uh, what has this staff done? How, how would you rate you know, this staff, and, and it's easy to say, you know, uh, the old staff did this wrong or whatever. I guess I'm not really going for that. It's more so, what's the takeaway from this staff? What, what have they brought so far? Um, I think they're priding on, you know, just uh, not, you know, giving, you know, the stigma maybe to Duke football in the past is, you know, obviously we haven't been very successful in the, in the last coming years, but they don't want to have the finest, and, you know, I mean, not winning any ACC games last year. And I think they've taken on an approach as in, um, you know, when Elko first got here, or Coach Elko first got here, he was telling us that, um, you know, this is going to be hard and, you know, maybe some of you guys might not, you know, make it through this, but he knew that he was going to push us to a level that he needed to get to to win. So in order to win, they have to push us to a certain level. And I think a lot of guys have risen to the challenge. And um, I think that the coaching staff has, you know, really tried to push us to places that we've never been pushed to before. Um, coach Feely, um, strength coach, especially he's been working this hard all summer. Um, you know, I've been, I feel like I've been working in the weight room harder than I've ever worked and gotten to places I never could have got to without the staff. So um, I'm really appreciative and think that, you know, that, that pushing, um, you know, in the weight room and, and now in the field is going to get us to reach, you know, high more, higher uh, heights and more success this year. Yeah, I, we've heard a lot about the work David Feely did in the offseason. He's gotten a lot of accolades, and, and rightfully so. Um, 
In what ways specifically did it help you, the work you did? Did you get, did you put on more muscle? Did you lose body fat, I mean, or whatever? What, what, what metric are you using for that? Yeah, yeah, so um, I think last season, uh, I mean, I, I came in last season about around uh, the way that I was now, getting 255, 256, but uh, I lost a lot of weight throughout the season. So towards the end of the season, I was, you know, just under 250. Um, and I guess uh, I went home and I actually got sick. Uh, I had COVID uh, during Christmas last year, then I came back and then, over spring break, I got sick um, and lost about 10 pounds. I was, I was under 240 right going into spring ball. So, um, but the coaching staff and, uh, you know, Coach Feely, uh, you know, they're, they're really harping hard on, you know, having guys gaining weight and they kind of know what that, that functional strength means and, you know, translating that. And they've, you know, been helping and pu pushing us all in the right direction. Because, you know, I think in the past we've had a lot of guys that have been undersized and, um, you know, just like myself, I guess. Um, and I think going into the season, I feel like uh, my body, my body fat percentage is lower now, but I'm also putting on more mass. So I think I'll be able to sustain that throughout the season. Good, good. Um, you mentioned Coach Elko saying, you know, hey, some guys may not make it through this. I mean, that's that's a harsh reality, but I I, I would assume you guys appreciate that that candor and that truthfulness, right? Is that is that one of the traits that, that you see in him so far? Yeah, of course. I mean, Coach Elko, he just, you know, he tells us how it is. You know, he's, he's not going to sugarcoat anything. He's not going to, you know, say anything false to get the morale up or um, – you know, give us any, you know, false hope. You know, he tells us how it is. And, you know, if it sucks, he's going to tell us it sucks. And if, if we're doing well, he's just going to tell us to keep improving. And he's also going to tell us the things that we need to work on. So um, he's def it's definitely um, a, a form of tough love, but uh, I really appreciate it. And I think we all do. Now, um, uh, for our listeners who don't know, RJ's father, Roman, was a, is in the Louisville Athletics Hall of Fame, yes, played in the NFL, uh, works for the NFL. We're going to get into that a little bit later. But um, so when you were being recruited, what made Duke the right choice for you? I mean, obviously you had a strong family tie to Louisville, another ACC team. Um, and uh, uh, so what, what drew you to Duke in the first place? Uh, well, you know, my dad, um, even though he went to Louisville, uh, wanted me to go to, my parents both wanted me to go to, you know, a really strong, you know, academic school that also had a great program. Um, you know, I was looking at, uh, you know, a lot of schools in ACC have, you know, pretty prestigious uh, universities, but also, you know, have, have good programs, especially like coming up, it's, uh, you know, everyone was pretty, you know, even in terms of, uh, where we were like in terms of success wise, but um, I feel like I came to Duke and um, I love the culture here and I just love the, the people. Um, and I feel like I was just around a great group of people and I felt like I could represent um, the culture that we were building here. And you know, when I once I actually got around the guys and spent time around the players and, and really got to see what they were really like outside of you know the recruiting and, and stuff like that, they really showed me that um, this is the place I wanted to be, right? Um, so let's, let's talk about your dad and his role. He, he worked for the NFL since. Since 2015, right? His playing career ended in 2007. Yeah. Um, and he was part of a Super Bowl championship winning team with the Buccaneers. Yes, sir. Um, and you were born, I guess you were born in 2001. 2001, so, so I, was, I was there, but I was a baby. Okay. <laughs> Is that the only Super Bowl you've been to? Have you been to other Super Bowls? Uh, I mean, not. Uh, that's the only Super Bowl he's been to that I was at. But I also went to uh, when the Rams played the Patriots. I was there because um, my dad was working. Um, so he gets to go every year and he's yeah. with us. Um, that was my senior year. Okay. That's what I want to ask you about, those experiences. Yeah, like. I mean, those are great. Um, you know, obviously growing up with, uh, you know, have my dad, like, have that kind of better pedigree and have those, you know, kind of exposure to, like, you know, being around NFL players and stuff, like, to to everyone else. Like, I mean, to me, it just seemed like, you know, my dad's going to work every day and doing his job. And, you know, even, like, people are like, oh, yeah, your dad is, like, so-and-so. And I was like, yeah, I man, I just, you know, viewing my dad and, you know, him going to work and doing his job and even the people around him, like, you know, he's work, you know, working with, you know, um, Hall of Famers like Daniel Thompson, Antonio Gates, and, you know, those are just guys that, you know, I grew up around, and those are just, you know, people that he worked with to me. Um, but also, I, I was really, you know, grateful in being around that um, and knowing that, you know, even, like, trying to play at the next level now um, and just, like, um, having sights on that, it's just, like, it's never been something that I've 
been overwhelmed by um, and even like, you know, being in the spotlight or, you know, feeling like I'm even playing in front of, you know, thousands of people and stuff like that. I feel like I've always had a certain level of pressure um, on myself in terms of, you know, like people think I need to live up to a certain standard and stuff like that. So I think um, because of that, I feel like I've been able to endure more in terms of, you know, when the eyes are on me and not really had that affect me as much. Yeah. Um, are people, former players, like you mentioned, are, are they people you can turn to when you have questions about stuff or advice? Do you do that much or is it more just what you, you get from the staff here or there and all that kind of stuff? Um, it was def there's definitely uh, not, not as much. I would say, you know, because my dad stopped playing when I was, uh, I think, six or seven years old, yeah. right? So, I mean, uh, there's, you know, a few people that, you know, he's still really in close contact with. But, um, you know, I think that, you know, when I go to, it's, it's always th it's the thing because um, I hear the same stuff from him, obviously, all the time. And it's just like, you know, when other people come around and, like, they say the kind of same kind of stuff about, like, you know, what the process is like or, you know, um, you know, things about work ethic and, and things of that nature. It's just like you hear from other people and it's rather just like your dad or your parents harping on you about certain things. So I think um, having the ultra perspective sometimes really helps a lot. But uh, I would say like, I, I, in terms of right now, I really mainly go, mainly go to him as my main source of, you know, advice and, and things of that nature. That's cool. And I guess, you know, growing up in that atmosphere, this is what I want to ask about this, but I'm just curious about, um, like, is there a more, like, who's the most famous person you've met, would you say? Like, is there, is there anybody, and also, was there a time when, I'll let you think on that for a minute, and was there a time when, like, um, uh, the star power, like, it just became a regular person to you because you meet so many famous people all the time because your dad's job and his career and everything? Yeah, um, I will say, uh, I, I went to the Hall of Fame game, um, or I went to the Hall of Fame, uh, I think, when I was in high school, I think my sophomore year, because, um, uh, uh, when when Daniel Thompson got in, in, inducted, yeah, um, and I met uh, I think me and Joe Green, you know Bruce Smith, uh, you know I went to, I've been to the Pro Bowl, you know Von Miller, I mean and those are guys that are um, you know huge stars now that are like you know it's crazy like looking back on it like you know that's that's a place I want to get to you know like I mean me playing defensive end you know me and the best defensive end of all time is you know really a, a huge deal but um, at the same time I'm really just like a humble experience and I try not to get too starstruck but at the same time. Uh, I do appreciate those experiences and, you know, getting to meet those people because um, it kind of like helps you set sight, you know, you're working towards something, you know, and always, you know, kind of set your sight and the vision as to, you know, what you're chasing. So. Right, right. Um, I know at Duke here, you're, you're an econ major, is yes, that sir. right? Yeah. Um, and uh, this summer, I want to ask you about, uh, you got a Bloomberg certificate. Was that something you did online? Did you work in New York City this summer? How did that go? What did that mean to you? Uh, yeah, so I was actually um, over the break because, you know, we don't have too many opportunities to go um, back home, you know, being here working out and, and doing things in nature. But I still want to do something that was, you know, giving myself some experience. So um, I went and worked at, uh, at Safe Capital for a couple of days, which is uh, um, an investment uh, firm um, in New Jersey. And I was there uh, using their uh, software in, in terms of to get my certification. Um, it just took a few days. It was uh, a testing that took like uh, two or three days, it was like 10, 12 hours or something like that. But um, yeah, it just, it just helped me, you know, get my mind back into, you know, the real world and um, you know, obviously I'm econ major, but, you know, you don't really get as much as a real world application unless you're, you know, doing investment, uh, not uh, internships and stuff. And, you know, I really don't get those, you know, kind of opportunities as much as, you know, uh, a lot of other students get. So I, I was really grateful for that opportunity and, you know, able to, you know, set my sights past football is something that's really important. Right. Um, and, you know, getting back to football here, you, got, you, know, you again, you had a good season last year, personally, five sacks, you started 10 games. Uh, the team as a whole obviously didn't have a good season. So as, as fans hear about the new staff and, and the new season coming up, what are some things that, that you think they should focus on is like, here's a chance that, that Duke's going to have more success this year than last year? 
Um, you know, I think we have a lot of young guys coming up, and honestly, uh, you know, seeing what people are saying and stuff about like, well, you know, the way we're coming up this year. I mean, obviously, we now have a great season, and um, you know, people don't know how Alco is gonna, you know, take on the new staff, or people aren't sure, like, you know, what the way we've been working in the off season. Um, but I, I will say that you know, we have a lot of young guys that have, that have really shown and have, have really performed and uh, are really stepping up. You know, we have we don't have as many veterans and stuff as we did last year, so. Um, I'm, I'm really excited to see, you know, what those guys put on film and, and ready to see those guys, you know, get out there and against situations. And um, I think we'd really be ready to, to see the people that obviously, you know, we haven't had um, a lot of uh, people say that we don't have a lot of depth or, but I don't think that's the case. I think uh, these young guys, I've been watching them work and I think they're ready to step up and um, I'm ready for people to see that. Yeah, very good. Um, well, listen, uh, uh, RJ, thank you so much for joining us. I know you had a lot of hard work today out in the heat and uh, you guys are getting ready for the season opener. September 2nd at Temple, right here at Wallace Wade Stadium. So um, appreciate you being on with us. Thanks so Good much. Day for me. Yeah. Um, and again, that's RJ Oban from Duke Football joined us uh, here today on the ACC Now podcast. Thanks.